Go Rams. I'm kidding. Um, what's up, Danny? Not much. We just had lunch together and now we're back in the zone. Yeah, it was nice. Good what'd, to catch up. What'd you think about the tacos? Um, A little better than mid is what mm. I would say. That's how I, th- they I thought had, they were a little worse than mid. I had just been telling my boyfriend that I'd been missing that like sweet Thai chili sauce mm. and I wanted to have it um, like on hand more often and they had a sweet chili chicken taco and so that made me happy. Mm. But fine well how are your tacos i thought it was subpar but they were dustin said this the sauces i thought were good like the yeah flavors were the meats all felt like bland bland yeah i agree like they got them from aldi my black bean taco it felt like they just like put took black beans out of a can i think you made a mistake getting a black bean taco i like a black bean taco Mm. i'm gonna be honest um also they made us pay for chips and salsa so we were automatically not happy we were mad but what does that have to do with our topic today (laughs) um nothing but (laughs) so um you're a john mulaney fan correct Mm -hmm. so do you know that he has this whole bit about church and he says my friends who weren't raised in church they said um did they force you to go and he's like yeah i was forced to go everywhere i was a kid like yeah I was forced to go to the grocery store, you know? Right. Um, And he's like, it's not that deep. Like when you're little, you just like go with your parents' places. And then he goes in through this whole bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were like, when you, like Emily, become a parent, are you like, what do you kind of want to share with your kids? And like, how do you avoid indoctrinating them? Yeah. And I think indoctrination is a really interesting word because what my answer was like, I think indoctrination is unavoidable. Mm -hmm. I think we're all indoctrinating people with something. And so I think the question is like, I guess I just want to process the idea of like, you and I were both indoctrinated in some way. How did that affect us? And then what does that look like for you as a parent? And like, as I think about one day, maybe being a parent, what that would be like. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think... It is funny. Like we make indoctrination very binary. It's like you either Uh are or you aren't. But I think you're really on the nose with the idea that we all are. Like you could be an atheist and you were indoctrinated into that system, right? Like you could be a Catholic, a Presbyterian, a Lutheran. I mean, you could be a Cardinals fan and you're indoctrinated. Right. It's so much bigger. I've been watching – this is kind of off topic, but my boyfriend and I have been watching each of the – um, Republican primary debates. Yeah. Just kind of like curious. You're a big fan. <laughs> Vivek is fascinating <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> but they all like they all of a sudden. My boyfriend is also a teacher, so when they talk about teachers, we're just cringing because right. they're like these teachers are holding our kids hostage right. and indoctrinating. They were like, we need to have the schools stop indoctrinating our kids, and we need to tell them like that America is the best country ever. And I was like. So you don't want us to stop indoctrinating them. You right. just want us to indoctrinate them with something different. Right. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like I remember when I was in high school, a big conversation was like, which is funny to think about from a scientific lens. It was like, do we teach evolution or do we teach with the Bible? And it's like either way you're indoctrinating, right? Like sure. you're either a creationist and you're indoctrinating that way or you're a scientist and you're indoctrinating that way. <laughs> uh, and there's very and there's obviously – areas of yeah. gray. But to you know, the kind of the the point of what you're saying, I think 
it's interesting to to think about and we talked about this on the last episode of kind of progressivism yeah like i think we think of it as very binary like we are so this conservatives think of this progressives think it like i don't want to do what they did to me so i'm gonna not do that but by not doing that you're just doing your own version of it a hundred percent and so but i think like so i guess before we get into what it looks like as maybe you for for you now who is a parent like when you think of your own upbringing do you think of yourself as like quote indoctrinated i don't feel as if i was um but my house had like we didn't have very strong held beliefs on anything um like my recollection my parents listen to this uh they might disagree with me but um you can write into the pod but i feel like my parents were more conservative growing up politically Mm -hmm. and religiously and then have kind of like shifted over time and become more liberal or progressive both religiously and politically and watching that shift over time like made me feel like there was no strong held belief and even though my parents maybe started in one place like they were never like you have to believe this necessarily so so the answer is 100% yes like I absorbed the information they had right so like I remember when Y2K was happening I was indoctrinated to think the world was ending because we believed in the rapture that was coming and I remember crying in our garage Mm -hmm. because we thought the world was going to end like, and we bought a bunch of powdered milk once everything shut down and the beast rose, you know, like that. You really thought that. There was a part of it. So, like, that was some level of indoctrination. Yeah. Right? I remember when 9-11 happened. Uh, very well-intentioned people. But, like, there was a huge, like, Islamophobic type rhetoric that was around culture. And some of it pervaded our household. And so, like, that filled my thoughts initially on that happening, right? Yeah. Like. Um, and then hearing it in school, like we think about it now, like the things that we said, it was like very um, anti like Islamic folks as we were going through that. Right. Just based on like mm. what we assumed to be true about now. So there was indoctrination happening there. Religiously, though, I don't feel like I was hyper indoctrinated, but that's yeah. partially because I had no idea really what my parents believed. Like I knew we kind of went to church sometimes, but I like never really knew what they believed about things. And so I don't know that I felt indoctrinated there. Do you think not knowing your parents' beliefs affected your – like, I'm wondering, as you said, like, I didn't really know what my parents' beliefs. They Maybe they didn't hold it hold to it that tightly. Do you think that that helped you or almost primed you to be more willing to enter into the gray because you grew up kind of in the gray? Yeah, I think it – I wouldn't use the word helped because I don't know if it's good or bad, but it has contributed to my mm. – desire to not hold things strongly because i don't think i Mm. saw that in my upbringing which is something you could say i was indoctrinated into like we i was indoctrinated into embracing gray right (laughs) um but yeah i think it's like it definitely contributed to that like watching my parents like shift in political beliefs where like people around me i was like they were very like solid and stoic on those yeah religious beliefs like going to church we were all in for a season and then my brother graduated high school and then we just stopped going and that was like an early Mm. formation years and i didn't go for like 10 years, you know, and then went back and then it was like, oh, this is important to us again. It's like, so watching things vacillate so heavily, I think probably contributed to that for sure. Um, Yeah. What do do you like? Do you feel like you were indoctrinated? It's a a good question. I think my story maybe points to the idea that indoctrination can happen not just from your parents. Mm -hmm. Your parents make a lot of decisions for you. 
But for example, both of my parents kind of became Christians in their 20s, like in their early 20s. Okay. And so, and they were kind of like, when they got married is kind of when they like were going to, where they found Presbyterianism and they kind of, they kind of both grew up in households where they didn't feel super sure and they weren't feeling great about like how they were raised. And so they kind of found Presbyterianism and maybe more maybe more fundamentalism or a different kind of fundamentalism together. Mm. But because of that, I mean, they were very open about their beliefs with us for sure. But I know, I remember like my mom saying that they, because they themselves were like newer to this faith system, they didn't feel the most confident Mm. to like pass that down to us on their own. Mm. So they prioritized like making sure we like went to church and had Sunday school and went to like the other children's activities where we could learn things and like, we ended up going to like Christian school and things like that because they kind of felt like, okay, yeah. it's kind of our duty to pass on this belief, but we don't know if we necessarily feel the most confident. Again, yeah. not that we didn't talk about it at home, but they kind of wanted to, I think, supplement their own. Right. As they were still figuring out what they believe. Yeah. Right? As they were being indoctrinated themselves. For sure. And mm. I think I think it has such a negative connotation, like the word indoctrination. Yeah. And I get why. Like it makes it sound like you're just like feeding something into a kid's brain. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, like, do we think indoctrination is bad? Like, in it's a great question. Cause I don't know that it's good or bad, but I think it's unavoidable. I think it's unavoidable. And I will say, I think there's truth to the fact that kids are sponges. Mm-hmm. They're absorbing everything. They like, I feel like people always say like kids see everything that you do. And yeah. so like, even if you're not saying things that people, if kids are watching you, I don't know, like drink 10 beers every night, they might be like, beer's great and you should have 10 every time you have them. Right. And so like, sure, that's indoctrination. And I think I think it's unavoidable, but I think we should honor the fact that like kids are small and they're sponges and there's a sense in which whatever you feed them might be harder for them to overcome mm-hmm. if they eventually change their mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you, like you hit it on the head in the sense that like, they're always like, I think about the way I perceived alcohol in my house, right? Like I never saw it, but I knew people in my house were drinking. Hmm. And so that influenced how I understood what it meant to engage in alcohol, right? That it should be hidden. Yeah. Kind of like that was in, uh, and through college and other parts of my life, like I acted as if that was the way you do it as a learned experience. And I think that's a better, less triggering phrase for people. It's like, we're, we're all gaining learned experiences through what we absorb like this sponge. Yeah. And because indoctrination does sound very binary, I mean, it's bad. And then the other side of it would be to not do that, which is good. But the reality is people, kids and humans, your parents in their twenties, yeah. we're all absorbing things. Me in my twenties. putting on, like Democrats are indoctrinated. Yes. Republicans are indoctrinated, right? Mm-hmm. Americans are indoctrinated. Christians are indoctrinated, right? And it's we absorb the information that we have. And so like the reason I ask, like, I don't think it's inherently bad. It's like infor- it's just another way to say information sharing. But when you look at it like the Nazi youth in Germany, that's bad, right? So part of but that's how we think about indoctrination. Yes. And part of that is the message, I would say, I think. And people disagree on what messages are good and what messages are bad. But I think we could all agree that like the 
what the kids in Nazi Germany were being indoctrinated to was bad. And so we're yeah. like, that is bad indoctrination. But indoctrination to like be kind to your neighbor, we'd be like, well, that's great. We should instill that in these sponges. Right. Um, but we only use the term when it's a morally bad thing or something we disagree with, right? And do you think that indoctrination is just like learning or because the other thing I'm thinking about with like I'm thinking Christianity specific is you indoctrinate them or you give them the learned experience, but there's stakes in that you have to stick with it. For example, if you say like if you don't if you're not a Cardinals fan, you're going to hell. That's a really intense indoctrination versus the Cardinals are dope and I'm a Cardinals fan. It'd be cool if you were a Cardinals fan. Yeah, the stakes matter, right? Like yeah. again, like in faith, there's high stakes to what you're indoctrinated into. And in Nazi Germany, if you weren't indoctrinated, you're likely killed, right? Like so right. the stakes were high, right? And I think that when the stakes are high uh-huh. and you're given no choice to like ponder your decision on if you believe in that, that's where I think it might be problematic, right? Like where you're told you're this or you're like, if you're a Christian, you're indoctrinated in this. If you don't believe with what we've told you, you're going to hell. Like you can fully believe in hell and that's fine. Yeah. But like you have to give that person time to wrestle with whether they believe that's true and what they think about it. Well, and parents are also being told like, this is your job to indoctrinate your kids or they will burn in the lake of fire. Like that's also a lot. Think about that as a job of like, if you're a young fundamentalist parent yeah. and you hear that, you're like, well, crap, like I have to do a good job. Right. But also I know there are parents that want us at the well to raise up new generations of inclusive, progressive Christians. That's indoctrination. A hundred percent. So, but it's not morally bad. Right. But it's still, we like, it's still passing along and sharing beliefs. And so, but I don't know, like, so the question of like my kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, um, I think I probably am indoctrinated in the same way I was of like ponder and question. And like, I don't know that I flip flop a lot, but like my son currently is like, I'm not, I don't think I believe in God. And mm. like, I don't say you're going to burn in a lake of fire for that. And yeah. so I'm like, well, let's talk about why. And let's like ask, I'm more interested in getting to the root of why things are happening and why he believes. And he has a strong case to say it then I think I'm going to let it ride. And and even if he doesn't, I'm not going to be like, well, you're an idiot and you need to believe in Jesus today, right? Like, I don't think that's what Jesus did. I don't think that's the right way to go. Also, I think he's nine. Right. Like, he's a sponge and he absorbs things. But he also, like, like licked a turd, like, two years ago. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a nine-year-old. Yeah. But, like, what – how did that feel – to he- not the turd thing. Yeah. <laughs> how did how did it feel to hear your son say that? It's a bummer because it's like I've committed. For me though, so it it's a bummer because I'm yeah. like I think that being a Christian is really valuable and a value add to your life. But I have to ask: Is it a bummer because I've invested my life to this and it feels like he doesn't value what I've invested my life to? Mm. Like so, I have to ask myself why I feel the way I feel. So it does bum me out, but I'm trying to currently examine why it bums me out. Because it's not that I think it doesn't bum me out because I think he's going to spend eternity in hell. That's not what is currently bumming me out about it. Yeah. It's it's like when I asked if you took your divorce personally, like kind of sounds like you're taking this little personally because it's something that you value and you've committed your life to. Yeah. I don't think it's wrong to take it personally. Yeah. And I think if it's like we're at, I can internalize it as like, I don't want to be a part of the thing that you value. Right. 
That's what mm, I can hear him saying. Yeah. But I don't know that that's what he means. And I don't even know if he knows what he means or what he thinks. Like I wasn't a, I went to church at nine, I imagine, but I don't think I knew what it meant to believe in or not believe in God. Yeah. And so it's like, I have to take his words with a grain of salt and be like, great, let's talk about why. And what does that mean? And what is, who is God to you? And what does it mean to believe in God to you at this juncture in your life? You know? And I'm not like a child expert, but there could be something there of like pushing the boundaries. Like how will my parents react if I say this? Like, will you still love me? Like, I'm sure there's a question there of how you're going to react. And also maybe just kind of wanting to be rebellious. I think he's a nine-year-old boy. And it's like, yeah, it's like I could be, I could work at State Farm. And he's like, (laughs) I'm way more into progressive. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) he's trying to push back, right? Um, So I think there's some of that. But. Um, but I've said on this several times, like, I want to create, like, a pretty open and embracing and questioning kind of environment in our house where it's, like, you can really feel confidence not agreeing with me on things, mm. my kids and my wife and my whole family. And so it's, like, I want it to feel like it's not what dad says goes. It's not what mom says goes. It's, like, we're in this thing together. And when I think it's, like, one person is the head of the household and they're the only one that gets to determine what's right belief in the house that's where indoctrination can like take over and maybe get a little scary in my view yeah i think i think there's truth to that i have um a friend and she has two young kids probably like a about the age of like Knox and joe but um i remember she said she's like more agnostic and her husband is like pretty atheist and her husband's like we're telling the kids that there's like no such thing as god and like And she was like, I want to promote religious literacy in my home. And so she like bought, maybe she should have talked to her husband about it. I don't know. <laughs> but she like, <laughs> but she um, like, they went to the library and she got the kids like a book of each, like a kid's version book of kind of each like big world religion. Sure. And she was like, I want you guys to know all of these. And she was like, and if one of them sticks with them then that's really cool if that helps them. Yeah. And also none of them may stick with them and that's also fine. But what I want them to, I don't want to just say like, it's fine, whatever they believe. I actually want to like give them the tools to explore. And I yeah. thought there was like something beautiful about that. Yeah. And I think I don't, we haven't done that to that degree, but I think that's cool. Like that's, I dig that kind of ethos in the yeah. house to be like, I want you it's the same reason, like, one of the reasons I like debate in high school and college is, like, you have to defend other sides so you know more fully what you believe. But you can never really know what you believe unless you know the other things that are surrounding. And I think it's a way you combat. Like, knowledge combats indoctrination. Like, the more you know, the more you know. It's not like a tagline. but like Knowledge the more, combats indoctrination. The more information you have, the less likely you are to be indoctrinated or to, to be just like, blindly follow. Yeah, or to be yeah. like, I love this because I've seen what else the world has to offer. Like indoctrination without outside information is dangerous. For sure. So like when you ask Knox, like, okay, why don't you believe in God? If he was just like, I don't know, just like my buddy told me to not believe in God. Like that's different than him being like, well, I've really thought about it. You know what I'm... Yeah, he's like, I'm super into the flying spaghetti monster and I'm a <laughs> pastafarian now. It's like, I think that'd be great if you had a great like, reason well, for it. you really looked into this, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think I think it's something that we, especially in the deconstruction, I was going to say in the deconstruction zone, huh. in the deconstruction world, we tend to talk about is like the evil that we're pushing back against is indoctrination. And I would say in a sense, like, part of deconstruction is 
pushing back against or unlearning some things that you were, quote, indoctrinated into believing. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you're a kid. You're just like picking things up. But I think I think we almost I kind of almost want to rebrand that word into saying that it's unavoidable and it's not some like evil that we have to undo. Yeah. I also think like in the last couple episodes, I've heard a theme that I'm seeing highlight is like in this if we were doing season still like yeah. this would be the season of like nothing is quite as binary as we think yeah like, it's like there's not this ultimate good or bad or right or wrong or and it, like there's so much more nuance to progressivism conservatism indoctrination all those things right like there's just uh-huh. way more nuance than i think a short snippeted conversation can give credit to um also like when you think about you guys watching the the Republican primaries, it's like you have to be against something for you to stand out. And so oftentimes the rhetoric of anything we see in religious spaces or political spaces has to be really ultimate and binary because it's the only way to make yourself compelling as you're pandering to the group that you want to follow you. Yeah, like they're all of them are and like Democrats teach- do this too. Oh, a hundred percent. All of them are like teachers' unions are what's wrong with America. And I'm like, that's what you're picking? Like <laughs> we just want to get paid, you know? <laughs> Um, but I think that the <laughs> anyway, I think this uh, leads in really well to our email corner. If you mind, if I bring this yeah. up, yeah. Well, this email corner is brought to you by the Deconstruction Zone merch. If you want to get some, you can go to our link tree. Yeah, and get some. Get so. our link tree on our spring. I think is the website. That Teespring. It's now it's just spring. Ooh, ooh, rebrand. Um, Embrace the journey. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I told my boyfriend I'll get him one, and I still haven't. And we're about to hit six months of dating. So happy year anniversary. Happy half year anniversary. Well, I mean, that's when you can get the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> happy one year anniversary. You've you've earned it. Um, so this is from Steph Foster's Kittens. Yep. Um, that's really cool, Steph. And she said, Should you come out as deconstructing to your parents or keep the peace? Which I kind of feel like is exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah, I think it fits well in with it because if you feel like you've been indoctrinated, right? Like it feels very much like a spiritual coming out to be like, This is where I'm at. Yeah. Right. Um, so the question is, should I come out to them? Be like, hey, yeah. I'm deconstructing. We it's answer- interesting that the we kind of answered this in the boundaries where secrets yeah. episode that's going to come out. Yeah. But it's also interesting that the two options are come out or keep the peace. Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting too. Like, and so, but I can see why it feels that way. Oh right? yeah, like it it does, and I think in any sort of coming out, it probably feels like that, right? But I think in the to be true to yourself, I think you kind of, you have to not keep the peace. Like, yeah, we kind of honestly now. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I get why that's a, a desirable thing to do to keep the peace. You know, for sure. But and I think I, like it just could be more damaging to not be yourself. And maybe maybe it's like you come out one time and then you don't need to bring it up every like conversation. Because I know, like, for me when I like told a lot of people in my life and there were some people who just kind of every time I would see them just like kept like beating at it and kept talking about it. And finally I had to set the boundary of just like, I know that we disagree and I would actually love if we just like, don't bring this up because honestly I just start crying and my feelings get hurt and I feel like you see me some type of way and that's not what you're trying to like perceive to me, but it is what's happening. And so for us to keep the peace, I don't think we're getting anywhere with these conversations. Mm. So maybe you can somewhat have both. Like maybe. I also don't think you need to like sit down and like awkwardly come out about it. Like how did Knox come out to you as not believing in God? 
Um, Did he like sit you guys down? Well, in the least woke way possible, his sister outed him. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's like, Dad, you know Knox doesn't believe in God anymore? Uh, So he didn't get it. His voice was stolen. (laughs) That is so classic, little sister. I love it. But I mean, I. So I. I'm, this is not a direct one for one, but I'm thinking about like coming out right once and like being like, hey, like I'm I'm not I'm deconstructing my beliefs or I'm not a Christian or however you want to say it, right? Yeah. I think about it, like when I started telling people I was going through a divorce, I didn't tell everyone I was divorced. Like I was like, hey, what's up? I'm Danny and I'm divorced, right? Like yeah. there was a time and a place. And once I told you once, I didn't feel like we had to talk about my divorce uh-huh. every time we hung out. And so I think it's in some ways similar. It's like there's power in letting it out there so you're not feeling like you're, it's festering, you're holding it in, uh-huh. you're true to live who you are and let people know that. But to what you're saying, it's like you have to also set boundaries and like here are the people I want to talk more about this with. Here are the people I don't. Here are the things that I find comfortable right now to talk about it. And But I think getting it out, even if just to a few people, is helpful because it helps you start to live more of your truth and embrace the actual you can't embrace a journey you don't believe like you haven't named that you're on you know what i mean so i think you have to you have to say it at least at some point and maybe help it be more natural like if it comes up you could say like oh yeah i'm actually if someone says something about theology you could say like yeah you know i'm actually like not quite sure i stand on that anymore yeah like to me and this is just me like it that's all it has to be if yeah. it has to be anything you don't have to be like here's exactly where i'm at on all of these issues like i think with my parents a lot of my i kind of moved back home to do my student teaching kind of while i was processing a lot of this mm-hmm. and i think that they kind of had a front row seat in a lot of ways too mm-hmm. i was like really in my anger stage at that point and i was like this makes me so angry and this frustrates me and like they heard me processing that so i never really needed to come out to them because they were like we get that you're mad yeah, like right. <laughs> um but they're like that doesn't mean every time i see them we have to like process it you know yeah. they kind of saw that this journey was happening have name like yeah and it would be a sign of unhealth of anything if you like just kept having to like re-come out mm-hmm. or reprocess it like both of the person you're telling it to like if you have to keep telling them there's like there's an issue with that person's absorption of it but it's also like to be able to move past and live into the reality of what it is like is probably healthy right to be like i've said this and now let's live into this you know yeah and i think the other side of indoctrination is like when you have an adult child or something there's a point in which like my dad said this to me one day and it meant a lot to me is he just was basically like he was like, Emily, I would love if you and I were on the same page about everything faith related. Mm-hmm. And he was like, but what I also know is that me hammering it won't do anything for that. It won't convince you. And I would much. He was like, I hope that you end up agreeing with me. Of course I do, because like I love what I believe. He was like, but I also think that that needs a personal journey that you're going to have to go on. Yeah. And to me, that was just like perfect mm. is. He owned the fact that, like, and like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sorry to keep bringing this back to Knox, um, but like, I'm sure you'd hope that Knox would agree with you because you like love your beliefs, you know. But well, I think then, I'm right. But no. <laughs> but at, there's a point in which, like, for you to just keep hearing it and being like, you have to think how I think isn't going to do anything. Yeah, and I think it's funny. It's like beliefs are like maybe this is dumb. I'm, I'm going to saying this as I'm thinking, but like beliefs are the only thing we like hammer home. Mm-hmm. Like we just keep hitting until someone like believe like we just keep hitting them over the head and like but we have proof that that doesn't work but yeah we're like, but it's probably gonna work if i do it and it's like but it never does like, yeah but 
if you really care about it, like living as if that's true is the best way to invite people to experience and like giving them space to be who they are. Right. Rather than like forcing them to be a part of it. And you have every right to say like why yours is compelling. Like my dad and I touch base most Sundays about like what church was about. And like, he tells me like what his church was about. And I'll tell him like what we talked about at my church. And like, that's great. And usually we're both like, yeah, those are both great things to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, I think we find a lot of commonality through that, even though we don't, if you sat down with our, both of our doctrinal statements, I'm sure they wouldn't fully line up. Right. But it also is proof there's more commonality than we think. But when we really try to shrink it to a one page document, that's when there starts to be like the issues. Right. Or the, yeah, I mean, I'm a hundred percent with you. So I think for this, for Steph, like I would say, if you're processing, like, do I come out as deconstructing? Um, and also I would say you might not be ready for that yet. Like it took me a little bit before I was open with more people because mm. I needed some time with myself to just like sit with it and kind of even know how to say or how to like give words to what I was going through. And so maybe you do need time. Like, I don't think every time you have any little doubt, you have to like go tell your parents, <laughs> you know, but right. I think if it's a big thing in your life and it would ultimately probably help you for them to know and help you feel known. I mean, then I think that it's worth it, but you also might have to set some boundaries and hopefully find commonality. Yeah. No, I think that's a wise word. I, and I think, this is a hard, like it's, again, it's a big and call encompassing scary conversation, but I think having some courage in it is always important. And I, and I will also say, we said this in the episode a little bit ago of like, we can't take people's stories and use them to prescribe mm-hmm. like things. And I think my story is different than your story. I don't know Steph's story. I don't know her relationship with her parents. Like, I don't like, you're going to need to figure that out kind of on your own. If that is like a safe thing for you to do, like who knows? Yeah. The only person that can tell Knox's faith story is his sister. (laughs) (laughs) Or tell a sibling and they will happily tell your parents. They'll happily do it for you. (laughs) Well, I think it's a funny joke to end on, but I think that, I think, I think we've done what we could do. And I think it's a difficult topic, but it's a worthwhile one because I think we get a lot of messages that don't specifically say, hey, what are your thoughts on indoctrination? But a lot of it's interwoven in that yes. kind of tension. So I'm glad we addressed it because I feel like we've tiptoed around it, not intentionally, but like we've dipped a toe into it. And it's like to kind of go head on to it for a little bit, I think is worthwhile. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So are we ready to go to the recommendation zone? I, I'm ready. I'll start if that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think I've already recommended it on here, but I've gotten further in the show, so I want to talk about it again. Mm. Bojack Horseman. Have I talked about that already? We. The answer is yes, but I can't remember if it was on here or not, but say it again. Right. I If I've already talked about it, I think I was new to it. Um, I'm loving it. I'm on season six, and that's the last season that's currently out. And I actually think it really ties into this topic because it is very... I love what I've like fallen in love with is animated shows that are very like poignant and real Mm -hmm. because I think that there's some sort of like cognitive dissonance that happens when you're watching something animated and the stakes seem lower and it seems pretend, but then it says something really real. I think there's something like so stunning about that. Mm -hmm. And Bojack Horseman just says like so much real stuff. There's a lot of like flashbacks into his past that like, so um, this is like a, Oh, I'm not going to say it. I was going to kind of give a spoiler. Don't spoil it. Um, I won't spoil it. But 
I just think it's so good. It's so real. My boyfriend is sick of me talking about it mm. because I'm always just like, this is what happened. <laughs> I was watching an episode and it like ended kind of intensely and I went, <gasps> <laughs> and he was like, it's an animated show about a horse. And I was like, you don't get it. <laughs> but um, I think it's really beautiful and I would just like highly recommend it. Mm. It's very thought provoking, but also fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know if you've seen or heard of Elemental, but <laughs> I cannot. Um, every week is a new. We watch it every week before we record and have a new thought about it. I kind of have a goal to weave in Elemental for the next fifty <laughs> episodes. Um, so I last night, as of the time this is recorded, was at uh, my good buddy Dustin's Retro Swap Midwest Game mm-hmm. Store in St. Charles off Newtown Boulevard. Uh, wonderful place. If you're looking for a place to chill, play some retro games, and just like have a vibe, it's a cool place to go. Like, check it out. Dustin, maybe I'll throw more information our yeah. way that I can put in the bio, but it's worth checking out. New store, cool thing. Um, did you play some retro games? Uh, played a little bit with Knox. Knox was there for this. We did like a church event, and he was Hopefully just like, used it to talk to him about his faith. We, we did, yeah. Right? We used the Simpsons video game to talk about it. So, no, but he was like ripping through. He loved it. It was a lot of fun. Aww. Um, and it was cool. Like, if you're into like 90s vibes yeah. uh, in video games, it's your spot. So, Retro Swap Midwest, check it out. That's my recommendation. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, two different recommendations, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, this was a good talk. And everybody, thanks for listening and embrace the journey. I got nervous. I thought that you were going to, I, for some reason, I thought that you were going to like go sooner. <laughs>